the Holy Gospel according to Mark. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. Now a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion, And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased, and there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? This is the gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Would you pray with me, please? Holy and mighty God, your power is unstoppable. Your love is unending, your grace unrelenting, and your glory undeniable. Help us to follow in the ways of Jesus willingly and to learn graciousness from his humility. Fill us with his love so that we would live a life that is pleasing to you and helpful to our neighbor. Amen. Do you ever wonder why we do certain things in worship? Just a few moments ago, Pastor Greg greeted you with the words, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In the church world, those words are known as the apostolic greeting, and they come straight out of Scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 Verse 13, now this greeting is more than just a scriptural greeting to prepare us for worship. These words have a deeper purpose of connecting us to each other and to God's presence among us. They are meant to be shared not only by pastors in worship, but also by you in everyday living. Before you go off the deep end, I want to acknowledge that it would be awkward for you to say those exact words. 
But here is what they do for us. They model the opportunity for us to be intentional, to share God's grace, love, and peace with those we encounter. To take a moment to pause from our agenda, to speak a word of humor or a word of encouragement to someone, to look them in the eye, to be fully present to another, if only for a few brief moments. But there is more to this greeting. The very foundation of that text, of that blessing, points us to the Trinity. The Trinity is an internal relationship that has always existed and will always exist. One of the most beautiful explanations for the Trinity is explained in the terms of love. Before there was anything else, there was God. God who is love and God as Father who was in relationship with God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. And you might say, how do we know that? Let us look briefly at one verse of the creation story when God said in your Old Testament lesson, let us make humankind in our image. Let us in our image according to our likeness. Who was God talking to? This those words are our first indication that God was in relationship with the Son and the Holy Spirit. In God's great love, humankind was created. And the relationship of love between the persons of the Trinity is the image that we all bear. We are created to be in relationship with God, with others, and with creation in ways that reflect how the Trinity is in relationship with itself as an ever-flowing, never-ending love. Now, I don't want to wear this verse out. But there is one more element that continues to point us toward our core value of fellowship. And that is the phrase and the communion of the Holy Spirit. Coming from a tradition that places heavy emphasis on scriptural memorization, many moons ago, I memorized this verse where the word fellowship was used instead of communion. And the, and the fellowship 
of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Either word can be used in this context because in the Greek translation, the word is actually koinonia that you see on the front of your bulletin. Because the English language has no equivalent word that can capture the fullness of this concept, it takes multiple words to attempt to translate it. Words like generosity, sharing, hospitality, mutuality, unity, partnership, active participation. These different translations of the same world all reveal an interactive relationship between God and believers who are sharing new life in Christ. In Acts, the concept of koinonia first appeared among the believers in the early church when the writer said they were continuing, continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. People in the early church just did not participate in those activities. They devoted themselves to them. The Greek translation in this context means the intimate bond which unites Christians. With these ideas fresh in our minds, I hope that you can begin to see that what we live out as fellowship in the 21st century often falls short of the deep, rich essence that koinonia intends and that we are created and called to live. True fellowship is intentional, relational, and mutual. It begins with our fellowship with God and it's more than just our fellowship with God on Sunday mornings. The unity of the Trinity models for us the unity we are to have with others. Christ is what connects us and unites people. We are to live in the Christ-like spirit of humility and love for one another. Koinonia is not just about being together or sharing a meal, though those elements are present in Koinonia and they are very important. Koinonia is about shared life, a common purpose a unified goal in a reality that is bigger and greater than ourselves 
and our own individual needs. It's when we put aside our egos, our differences, our preferences, or our opinions, our fear, and our judgments. It's about keeping our eyes on Jesus and how he lived and what he taught so that together we can work toward what truly matters, sharing the love of God, growing in Christ, and making a difference in God's kingdom. It's easy for us to lose our focus when we are working at breakneck speed, when we are absent from our network of people, when we let busyness override the necessity of informed interaction, when we do not participate together in the reading and studying of God's Word. In Mark's gospel reading, we tend to hear that story as a lack of faith of the disciples. But I believe it also illustrates elements of koinonia. The disciples shared a common bond. They were in relationship with Jesus and through Jesus. They had meals together and shared experiences, watching him minister and teach in all kinds of circumstances. Jesus invited them to join him in ministry when he said, let us go across to the other side. A spirit of mutual participation and cooperation prevailed when the disciples did as Jesus asked, and they took him in their boat and began to make their way to the other side. And when they did what Jesus asked them to do, they soon found themselves in crisis, and they were afraid. There is nothing that can solidify or break a relationship like experiencing a crisis together. In their panic, they woke Jesus up from his nap. They do not ask him for a miracle. They are frantically asking him, do you not care that we are dying? And we know what happened. Though we do not know the timing of when it happened. The text says, and waking up, Jesus spoke and the wind ceased and all was calm. 
They were astonished and asked this question, who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? The answer to their collective question, it is God in Christ who has the power to tame the chaotic waters that they found themselves experiencing. Being in koinonia with Jesus is walking the way of the cross. Sometimes it means going to unknown places or through circumstances that may be frightening or destabilizing, even though we do not go alone. Storms are going to happen in our lives and in the lives of those we love. Oftentimes with circumstances that are beyond our control. We reach our tipping point and maybe even in desperation, we cry out to God, do you not care? Perhaps our faith wavers maybe even to the point that we can't even trust God to help us out of our mess. Yet, Jesus is the bond that knits us together with God and with others. When we share our vulnerabilities with those closest to us, they are in the boat with us. As together in life and in faith, we wait for Jesus' presence and his power and his peace to calm the storms of our lives. We need each other. Koinonia is a way of life, and it is one of our core values. And it is a continual calling to be in fellowship and communion as interconnected and interdependent people of God. Koinonia is complex and multidimensional, and we have barely skimmed the surface of its richness. So until we can study the concept of koinonia again, I invite you to rest in the faith that you have and keep your focus on the person and the ministry of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. And for this we say, thanks be to God.